1: Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down, wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Kenny McIntosh, I'm joined as always by the head honcho himself, Mr. Powerslam, journalist extraordinaire, Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you today? Kenny, I'm doing all right. yes. Looking forward to um, tomorrow
0: evening when I have finished all my uh, (laughs) Inside the Ropes magazine scribblings. So I'm just putting the finishing touches to my... Item on Dominic Mysterio in Ooh. front of the top. Yeah. So I'm doing a little thing on him, so I'm having a lot of fun with that. And then you get um, to have yeah. a little
1: bit of downtime for a couple of days. Like you get to try and relax a bit, hopefully.
0: Yeah, 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 something like that. Oh, Kenny, just before I ask you how you're doing, I just got a correction from last week. Okay. Hardy's concert at Royal Rumble is on the WWE Network. I must have accidentally skipped over it. Yeah, upon my first viewing of the premium live event, <laughs> on my second viewing, there it was. So, yeah, if you want to watch it, you can watch it over and over and over again if you want. So I just yeah. want to correct the record there, Kenny.
1: So how are you doing? I'm good, yeah. I can't complain. I'm I'm, I'm fine. I'm uh, I'm kind of... You know, it's funny. I don't know if you feel this way, but I sometimes feel like January almost feels like it just takes you takes you a while to get going in the first month of the year, you know. You're kind of there's there's the the, the Christmas New Year hangover and everything. But I feel it like once the Royal Rumble happens, just generally, you know, wrestling picks up. People are back to kind of normal again. There's you know that we don't need to listen to this New Year's resolution rubbish anymore. So yeah, I, I'm I'm happy. I'm, I'm the the nights are getting uh, lighter a little bit, which you know we'll get even better next month when the the clocks change, but um, yeah, yes, I'm feeling good. Yes, that hopefully it'll start warming up a bit. Yes, that would be nice. That would be. I mean, it's nine degrees today. That's almost like summer compared to December when we were in the minus sevens.
0: Yeah, we? that's not bad. Well, exactly. Yeah, minus seven. I remember that well. There yes,
1: blimey. Anyway, but well, we are here to talk about wrestling. There's loads to talk about, so uh, let's kick off by talking about SmackDown from last week. Obviously, it was the fallout from this for the Smackdown side from Royal Rumble Um so let's just dive in so we had in um, the finals of the Smackdown tag team tournament with Ricochet and Braun Strowman against Imperium and it was in fact Ricochet and Braun Strowman who got the win they're going to go on to face the Usos this week if Jey Uso shows up but um it was a pretty good night for Ricochet and Strowman and you know while I don't think they're gonna have a big spot in the WrestleMania card. And I think it's important to give these kind of characters something to keep them kind of chugging along. What did you think?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was it was a really good opening match. I mean, I thought Bronze hot tag was blistering. In the end, uh, Ricochet pinned Kaiser, Ludwig Kaiser. I thought it was a terrific TV match. I mean, you don't want to do too much in an opening TV match. Not too much. I think they just got the balance perfect here. Um, And the audience were uh, well into it from start to finish. And as you said, Braun and Ricochet are scheduled to face Jimmy and Jay this Friday on SmackDown for those tag team belts. You know, that's assuming Jay turns up. Because Jay, as we discovered, was not on this program. And not only that... Apparently Jimmy Solo hadn't even heard from him, and spoken to him, hadn't seen him since Royal Rumble.
1: Yeah, so the, it's it is but it's also a good hook, isn't it? Because for if you're watching SmackDown this Friday, there's kind of there's the bloodline saga that's going on that obviously we'll get to, but then there's also the tag title match and how that could play out and you know, will I mean, I think personally Jay's not gonna be there this Friday. I've got a feeling it'll be, you know, solo will be drafted in. We'll maybe leave Jay's return for the chamber pay per view or premium live event. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, 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 but I think, I think it's, I, he shouldn't have been on the show. That's no. it. you know, he no. should have absolutely, if you're going to do this angle and you're going to have him, because I mean, we talked about this in the Royal Rumble review. I mean, we all saw Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns, one of them turning on each other. You know, my mum could have watched one episode of SmackDown, she would have seen that coming, but none of us saw the Jey so twist. No, this, um, I always remember. <laughs> I do, this I, the the only reason that Vince Russo has popped into my mind here is because of the word swerve, right? Because I was yeah. thinking about the swerve there, and I always remember that Brian Alvarez had a really funny quote because somebody had tried to defend Russo doing a swerve, and Alvarez was like, "Yeah, swerves are good when they make sense," which is like this, you know, the Russo things a swerve from what we anticipated happening but made sense within the storyline. Whereas what Russo's swerve would be is, like, you're going to take your kids to school and you drop them off at the dentist. That's sometimes what the swerve was. And you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. You know, the kids are going to school. So what I liked about this was it made sense to the storyline and they stuck with it on SmackDown by not having Jay appear. So very good stuff. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was quite interesting, wasn't it? I mean, Jimmy, uh, the,
0: the Bloodline opened the show. What's left of the Bloodline, they opened the show. Um Caleb Braxton was outside. Um, questioned Reigns about Jay. Reigns ignored her. Walked on. Then we went to the Bloodline locker room later on, and it was all very tense. And Romans there, you know what's going on. You know, Jimmy, have you heard from Jay? Jay's like Jimmy's like, no, I haven't seen him, but I'm convinced that he will be there. You know, Jimmy believes that Jay will be on SmackDown this Friday for their tag
1: team title defense. Um, and that's so- another element. That's another element, right? Because then Roman is now kind of using Jimmy to try and get information on Jay. So Jimmy's now a middleman. Yeah, when he didn't really want to be, you know. So no, no, he didn't want to be. But I mean, I mean, it was right that Jay wasn't there because there needs to be the
0: mystery, and his his absence fuels that. It gets us speculating and discussing and um you know theorising what may occur. And I believe that you're I'm with you, Kenny. I'm hoping that Jay does not appear again until Elimination Chamber a week on Saturday. Um I mean, we know that Adam Pierce has allowed substitutions substitutions before in tag team matches, so he probably will permit solo to sub for Jay in that match. Um, so I think that's the right way to go. I mean, Jay to if for Jay to make an appearance on SmackDown this Friday will answer questions that shouldn't be answered until Elimination Chamber, Kenny.
1: Yeah, hundred um, percent. Well, let you know. Let's move on from the the tag match that opened the show to determine who faced it. So, to Charlotte Flair versus Sonya Deville for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I mean, Sonya Deville. It's just not happening, Finn. No. It's just not not.
0: there. It's never going to. You know, she's, to me, I mean, I know she's not an authority figure anymore, but to me, she was better in that role than she is as a wrestler. She's one of those people who should be good, but isn't. And there are obviously lots of those people in wrestling, and there have always been lots of those people in wrestling. And, you know, a bit like Shayna Baszler. She's someone who should be good, but he's just really a bit player now. And it's clear that she's never going to be, you know, a star or a player or a big deal or somebody that, I mean, she was pretty good in NXT, but it has never really translated to the main roster. Same with Sonya. I mean, it was okay. It was passable. um, But it was a Charlotte Flair win with the figure eight. That was it. I mean, Sonya didn't really gain anything from this match. I mean, the problem, as we've said many times, is, you know, SmackDown women's scene is pretty weak and they need some people to be... Summoned. Some people need to migrate from NXT to the main roster to fortify this, this 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 women's division, and some of the women need to be sent on their merry way. I'm afraid. I mean, maybe find gigs for them in NXT. Maybe they can go there and work with the younger talent. You know, I mean, you did did a great job uh, down in NXT. So yeah. uh, and other people have done really well. I mean, Natalia had that little run there, didn't she last year with them. Um, was it Cora Jade or was it Roxanne Perez? I get those to be mixed up sometimes. Uh but anyway, Natalia, you know, did have a decent little run there last year in NXT. So but um but yeah, I mean Sonia was just just there to give Charlotte Flair a win, and that was it.
1: It was Cora Jade was the Natalia J- last year NXT. In fact, yeah, that was be- I think that was before Cora turned heel on Roxanne. I think that's right. Uh, well speaking of Natalia actually they did do the four-way to determine a spot for the Women's Elimination Chamber match to determine who faces Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. It was Zelina Vega, Natalia, Shayna Baszler and Shotzi, and Natalia got the win. Uh was this the correct choice, or would you have picked someone else from the four to be in the match?
0: Well, I mean I mean I mentioned Shayna. I mean Zelina Vega's okay, um, but I don't really see, you know, star signs. I don't think she's going any further than this. I mean, Shotzi's hit and miss, as we know. I mean, she actually, she—I thought she actually had a pretty good match here, and uh, there was no um, colossal botches. Um, and Natalia has returned. Um, I mean, she's—I guess she's a safe, fair, safe pair of hands, isn't she? In the elimination chamber, that's probably why she's been installed in the match. Um, she's somebody they can rely upon. Um, it's inconceivable that she's going to win. I mean, please. I mean Natalia versus Bianca Belair Kenny at WrestleMania.
1: It's not exactly WrestleMania caliber, that's kickoff material. Yeah. And there's no there's no way. There's I mean there's there's more chance of you being announced as a mystery entrant than Natalia <laughs> winning that match. I mean, there's I mean, I would I would put Shayna in there hundred percent. I mean, I know that you actually got a chance after last week's recording to watch the Maximum Male Models video with Shayna Baszler. Yeah, and it's it. like She's got something like, she's got personality. I've, I've watched her, like, I think it was a 24 or a 36. They did some sort of special on her on the network a couple of years ago. And she's got, there's definitely a story that could be told with Shayna Baszler. They just haven't got around to doing it. Um, but hopefully, you know, the rumors of her and uh, Ronda being a team or what's out there is that Ronda wants to team with Shayna Baszler and go for the women's tag titles at WrestleMania. So that seems to be Shayna's direction.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, I mean, although in saying that, I mean, what did we see on Raw? We'll get to that shortly. That was a strong hint that there's going to be, you know, potentially another star of the Attitude Era female star of the Attitude Era returning for potentially a six woman match
1: against chamber. Damage Control. Yeah, but I mean, you know, here's the thing that's weird is is that if so the 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 report was that Ronda, Ronda wants to team with Shayna so at WrestleMania okay. it would be Ronda and Shayna against Damage Control okay but then if you know we saw Lita this week if Trish comes back next week and it's Trish Lita and Becky against Damage Control at elimination chamber it's almost like there's going to be somebody left out at WrestleMania sure because if Becky was to take a partner and it was to be some sort of women's tag title three way or four way with Ronda and Shayna and Damage Control and Becky and somebody, then I don't know who the, would would be. Trish, would it be Lita? Then what does Bailey do? It feels like there's just, there's, there's something that we don't know yet. There's something missing from the puzzle. And also, yeah. is Becky going to be in a multi-team match for the women's tag titles at WrestleMania? That doesn't seem like that's going to be her destination. But I guess if Ronda's in it, then maybe maybe she could. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talked about this. I mean, as you say, there's there's some of this is yet to be explained, but I mean, not everyone. I mean, we know that obviously it's going to be Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley. That's the big one, the big women's match at WrestleMania. That's going to be bigger than whomever Bianca wrestles. Um, I'm hoping it's going to be uh, Raquel Gonzalez, but I think it's more likely going to be Asuka. Um, actually, I've got no objection to Asuka getting the getting the gig against Bianca. Um, If it is her, but I mean, Rhea Ripley, presumably she will defeat Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. That's the biggest women's match on the show. So that's two big women's matches. Well, one really big one and one sort of medium sized one with Bianca and whomever she wrestles. Is there room for another singles match between, you know, Becky and, well, who is there? Who is there that's WrestleMania caliber? For her to wrestle in a singles match on the WrestleMania show, I can't think of anyone. Obviously, it's not going to be Bailey because we just had the cage match, and that. And, the
1: o- and the only this. other, the only other one, you know, I put this forward last week. Not saying that this is the match I'd be most excited about, but her and Ronda is the only other match I, I could have thought of. Yeah, we would have done. So if Ronda and Shane are together, then maybe Becky is in the tag title scene. I mean, or you know, does Becky end up? Uh, being in a three-way for the Raw Women's Title with Bianca and Asuka, or Bianca and Raquel, it's they, they, I'm I'm intrigued because Becky is a big name, and you you figure she's got to be involved in something at WrestleMania that means something. So yeah,
0: well we we, we, we will, will we will wait. We
1: won't see. We um, the main event segment of SmackDown though is what everybody was talking about. Roman Reigns came out with Paul Heyman after obviously the earlier stuff that you spoke about with um with Jimmy and solo and uh, Roman actually said him and Paul were going to go and handle some business alone. Jimmy is been sent to the bus. There's in there. They're all going to just, you know, be as strong as ever. um next week and Roman comes out, he said, he'd rather be talking about Cody Rhodes, but instead, um, you know, he has to talk about Sammy and he accused Sammy of using the bloodline for his own benefit and, um, and uh, they all want something from Roman, never want to give back. And then out of nowhere, Sammy Zayn appears and uh, he attacks Roman. Roman attacks him back. Um, Sammy goes to uh, hit Roman with a chair, but Roman rolls out of the ring. And then Sammy said he never wanted anything from Reigns till now, but he is now challenging him for a match, the Undisputed Universal title. And, um, and, then, and then, of course, Jimmy and Solo hit the ring. They beat down Sammy. And Roman said he's going to get he's going to get his match at elimination chamber, and he wants to, you know, he broke he broke up his family, so he wants to break Sammy in front of his parents, his wife, and childhood friends, at elimination chamber. What did you make of this? Uh, this is the kind of the fallout segment from uh, from Royal Rumble. Did they did they keep the story going at the level you wanted it?
0: Yeah, I think they did. Do yeah, I really enjoyed this. I mean, the show did well two point three eight four million viewers, so there's a lot of interest in this episode of SmackDown. Um, obviously, it was the post-Rumble episode and people would be keen to see how the reigns Zayn, Bloodline storyline would develop. Um, I mean, I think I said last week that, in a way, Sammy needed to not appear on SmackDown because the beating was so severe at Rumble. But then I countered that with, hold on a second, he has to be there because... Elimination Chambers, a week now, a week on Saturday. So they had to get the ball rolling on this match. They couldn't announce it like eight days before the show, could they? (laughs) And they need to get the word out there. And the only way they were going to be able to announce this match and make it make some sort of sense within the narrative were if Zane laid a beating on Reigns and there was some sort of angle, and then Reigns would be so vexed and you know, upset and, you know, vengeance hungry that he would volunteer to, um, you know, he would comply with Sammy's request for a tout match and agree to defend the belts against him in Montreal. So, yeah, I thought, I thought it was really well done. I actually felt like Reigns could have talked a little bit longer before Sammy did the run in. But I mean, you know, that's nitpicking, let's be honest. Um And then, yeah, Solo and Jimmy ran in and saved Roman from Zane's attack. I mean, that wasn't really a surprise. We've seen that many times before where we were told that the bloodline had left, but they were actually waiting in the wings, you know, to to launch an ambush or a a rescue mission if uh, Roman um, were to be, uh, you know, outgunned or, you know, taken down by his, Opponent, so it wasn't really a surprise that Solo and Jimmy made the save. I really, it was really. I thought Zayn did a really good job here. He nailed Reigns with a spear, uh, and then um, sent Reigns uh, fleeing from the ring with a chair. Then it was Solo and Jimmy that beat Zayn down. Um, I think it was they put like a chair around Sammy's head, and Solo was going to like run into it with like the hip attack and potentially injure Sammy, so he couldn't have the match. He couldn't um, be uh, an elimination chamber. And Roman Reigns put a stop to that, removed the chair. And it was like, no, we're not going to injure you here. I'm going to humiliate you in front of your family, in your hometown. I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you that match. And um, and, um, yeah, it's going to be huge. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, And I think they did a really good job of, of making this match, of 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 announcing this match and giving it a reason to happen before Reigns defends against Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. Because I mean, in a way, it was sort of why is Sammy getting this towel match? Why should he get the towel match? But it's because Reigns has volunteered to defend the belt against him because he's so angry with Sammy for what he has done to the bloodline and for the way. Sammy, in Reigns' opinion, had used the bloodline to to get ahead and, you know, move up the food chain. So, yeah, I thought it was well done, Kenny. I think they, they had to do a lot there in one segment. And I think they did a really good job of it. And I've got to say, when I watched it, I was like, oh, no, how is this going to affect Cody Rhodes on Raw? Because... Was, it's a good job that Cody's over and people like him because <laughs> if, he, if they didn't, this Sami Zayn Roman Reigns match could have been very problematic for the responses to Cody, and, you know, and the support for his quest to become champion. Because we've added this other element to it, and we know how popular Sami is, and we know how long this storyline's been running for. So I think you know they've done an excellent job, WWE of of create of of announcing all these things and actually preserving the popularity of everyone who's involved and also not allowing the whole thing to become so confused that no one can quite decide on you know what really matters to them. So I thought the the, the segment on RAW between Cody and Paul Heyman was was fantastic. You know, one of the best things I've seen in a very long time. Um and there was a moment there where you thought, oh no, you know, people are chanting for Sammy and Cody's out there. <laughs> you know, but it ended up being all right. And that was partly because Heyman's work was so outstanding in that promo battle with Cody, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, just the, the, I kind of echo what you said. I thought the, the segment on SmackDown was great. Um, I really enjoyed it. They, they did have a tough kind of act that they had to get the match out there so quickly. The only thing I want to see. Them add between now and elimination chamber is I want them to add something where they make it believable that Sammy could win because even though in the night the crowd will be really into I think they need to make Sammy look like he has a chance and not that it's just you know Roman Reigns the big bully facing the downtrodden Sammy's Zayn so I hope that whether it's this week or next week there's something with Sammy where he sort of really stands up to him properly and gets the upper hand and gets to kind of stand tall over him because I think mean, that's what's going to really hook people in you know, to, to that match um, in Montreal. So, um, well, I, I'm not exactly sure how they're going to do that,
0: but happily, I think it's not going to matter on the night.
1: Um, I but, think for I mean, the TV I... audience, you want, you want to give them something that is going to you know, make them... Because they've done such a good job so far. I mean, even like when Jey Uso was facing Roman Reigns back in the day, they, they, they made the TV so strong. JSO felt like he had a chance, and within the story, and I think they can do that with Sammy as well. They just need to make Sammy feel a bit more on Roman's level. I don't know mm. how they do that, but I'm 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 sure they'll do something because well, every part of this story has been bang on. So I don't think they're going to drop the ball now. Well, probably. I mean, the thing is, Reigns wasn't
0: the, established as the force then that he is now, so it's far more difficult to make anyone seem like a threat to Roman Reigns. I mean, I think we're all going to go in with our suspension of disbelief goggles on at Elimination Chamber. I don't think any of us. The crowd will help with that big time. Yes, I don't think any of us believe for a moment that Sammy is going to defeat Roman Reigns, but we're going to enjoy the spectacle nonetheless. And because it's in Sammy's, because it's in Montreal, the audience is going to be willing Sammy on to to victory. I know they'll put together, I mean, Roman is the master of putting together these big matches that make you believe and you know create this element of doubt that yes, he might lose because he sells so well and he knows how to show vulnerability and he'll absolutely do it on the night because he he knows how important this match is to Sammy. He knows that this will be the biggest match of Sammy's career. He ain't ever, he's never gonna top this. So I think they'll do absolutely everything to make it look like Sammy could win. But I think we all know that he's not going to. But that doesn't matter, Kenny. It's the, it's the you know, it's 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 the story they tell on the night that matters. And I think that story will be, I think it'd be a wonderful story to tell. And, you know, even after he loses, I think Sammy will still receive like a, a, a hero's, you know, reception. I think people will be just, you know, really kind of overcome with emotion, possibly. Maybe tears, Kenny,
1: even after he loses. Maybe tears. Uh, well, listen, before we talk about Raw, I did just want to ask you a couple of things about AEW. And one of them was kind of my brain was, uh, was triggered by it because I was uh, doing the proofreading of the next edition of the magazine and your, your Q&A is in there, which is very, very good this month as always. And one of the people that kind of came up in it is Takeshita, um, in, in AEW. And he last week on Dynamite got the win over Brian Cage. He's now going to be going on to face MGF this coming week. Um, what do you what do you see for him in in AEW? What is the potential of Takashita? Because it now feels that like they're actually doing something with him, and he's been involved in the storyline, brought him the MGF stuff a little bit. So it seems like the focus is on him a little bit more. Uh, is this a good move? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's almost in the Sami Zayn role because I
0: mean, he's not going to f- defeat MGF, is he? He's he's just not. It's not. Is it a towel match?
1: No, it's no, it's a. a Eliminator match, which is is like the if he he wins it, he would get a title shot kind of thing. Okay, well, well, I still don't think
0: he's going to lose because MGF's champ and MGF needs to look as strong as possible partly because he he wrestles so infrequently. (laughs) This will be his first match in 2023, won't it? Yes. So he wrestles so infrequently that he really can't lose, but I think because MGF is so loathsome and I think Takashita is I don't know whether the word is beloved yet. He's not at Sami Zayn status, but he may be one day. I think he's he's very well liked, um yeah. at, at the very least. Um so I think he I think the match, if it's done right, I think it could be really good for Takashita. I think it actually could be really good for MGF as well. Um, I think he needs a good match. And if anyone can give him a good match, it's Takashita, who I think is tremendous. This guy can just do it all. You know, he's commanded the English language. He's got a sense of humour. I mean, he looks great. I mean, there's just no weaknesses in his act. I mean, he just knows what to do. And he's wrestled so many different um, types of performer in AEW um, that it it seems like one of those guys is like nothing he can't do. So I think he'll see this as a personal challenge, that he'll get in there with, you know, the express purpose of getting himself over to an extent, but also making the world champion shine, you know, in preparation for his big match against Brian Danielson at Revolution next month. So I'm looking forward to the match. Yeah, Takashi, he's one of my, he's one of my favourite uh, wrestlers in AEW. I think he's so good. Um, I think he can I think he can do so much more than he has done. And I would I would actually like to see him <laughs> like to see him win the world world title one day. Um, I, I think he's good enough to hold it and I think it would be I think it would really shock people. I mean I mean he can't really beat I mean obviously it's not a town match anyway, but let's just say it was a town match. Uh-huh. He couldn't really be MGF this close to the pay-per-view. I don't think the time would be right, but I would like to see him become champ at some point, even if it's only for a few weeks. I think it would be a huge boon for him. And uh, I think it would really get people talking. Um and it's the sort of thing that you can use, you know, stick it on his curriculum vitae, and it become like it can then become like a you know, world champion later in the year or next year for like a period of several months. Um,
1: but yeah, yeah, he, he's, a, he's, he's an amazing talent. Really good. What do you think of him, Kenny? Yeah, yeah he's fantastic. One of the best things that he did, and if, if you don't follow him, I really would recommend it. Follow him on Twitter because ever since he moved to America, he's kind of been doing this. I'm in a new country, so I'm going to tweet everything that I'm thinking. So, you know, he'd be like, went to Costco today for the first time. This place is wild. You know, because it's, it's like him experiencing all this stuff for the first time. He's very adorable. Um, and he just, like, you know, how, sometimes when we watch the retro shows, one of Sandra's big complaints about old school WWE or whatever is that all the babyfaces tend to be dicks. Or they all just tend to be, like, bad people, even if they are the babyfaces. And Takashita's just one of these people who you can't really help but root for him. He's so likable. Um, and he's and yeah he's he's got something. People are behind him. Um, so yeah, I, I hope they I hope they are able to uh, push him and make something out of him. Um the other thing I want to ask you about on AEW was something that they, so they kind of had a tease um, with the acclaimed. They claim they're going to be facing the Gun Club tomorrow night, but they kind of teased that Billy Gunn might be moving on from the acclaimed to the Gun Club. Would you? Have Billy Gunn go back with his sons, or do you think that he should stick with the acclaimed act while it's still hot?
0: I, I don't think the Gun Club are ready for the belts. Um, I think they're a they're, they're a weak act. I just don't think they're that good. And I think he, I think that's something that will happen, but not yet. I think there is still mileage in the acclaimed and Billy Gunn as a unit. Um, so I, I don't think. They're ready to become champs yet, uh, Billy Gunn's kids. Um, And, um, I mean, maybe later in the year. I don't know. I mean, it's...
1: If you're Billy Gunn, surely surely you want to stick with their claim just for your T-shirt sales. Well,
0: (laughs) exactly, exactly. And, And I think people would see that as a disappointment. I think people, I think that would harm the acclaimed as well, not only losing the belts, but losing Billy Gunn as a member of their act. Because um, I think he has really enhanced them because he, he's just like, wow, I can't believe that Billy Gunn's with these guys and it's not a ruse and that it's <laughs> not a swerve turn and the, he's not going to betray them. And maybe he will do one day. I'm sure he will do at some point. Um, but not yet. It, it would feel premature to me. Um, and
1: Because um, the, the first time that the Gun Club, as in including Billy Gunn, when they turned on the acclaimed, people were really upset. Because they were like, kind of, oh, that was, that was really good. And then obviously they later on had Billy go back with the acclaimed because it didn't yeah. be popular. So, yeah, it feels like... We've been here before, haven't we? Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't do not do that thing. We, I mean, we've seen it happen loads of times in wrestling. You know, we've seen in in WWE when they would split up tag teams and there'd be no plan for them or whatever. And I think if they were to take Billy Gunn at the acclaimed and put him with the gun club, I just don't think it's going to... I don't think it's going to do enough for the gun club, compared to what it would take away from the acclaimed so
0: yeah I agree I agree what it would you know what it would s- subtract from the acclaimed you know would be far greater than what it would add to the gun club so I just think you know if you were to add it up it would be a, a lose-lose basically um on the mathematical equation maths was never my strong suit Kenny if I'm honest with you um <laughs> mm. but uh, yeah I mean acclaimed I mean the thing is with the acclaimed, I think they need some good opponents. I'm just hoping that the match with the gun club on Dynamite is the end of this feud and acclaimed needs some better opposition than these guys because it feels yeah. like they're cooling off a little bit to me.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, just... and there's plenty of teams in AEW. It's not like there's a, there's a shortage of them, but they just need to kind of program the memory of the acclaimed more because, um, you know, they're a hot act. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, the jail, the match, the little room with Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett wasn't exactly mind blowing. Um, (laughs) It's not. People aren't going to be talking about that ten years from now, or indeed ten minutes from now. Uh, (laughs) I think they just need like a quality team in opposition who can really bring out the best in them. And I don't think the gun club are it. But we shall see, Kenny.
1: We shall see. I did want to make one, uh, before we move on to Rod, I did want to make one kind of slight um, addition to, on Thursday we talked about, on PowerSlam, we talked about the you know AEW-run house shows and kind of how we think that might go and all that jazz. And there's something interesting that I don't really know. Nobody's really talking about it. But um, that first house show that they have on March 18th in, what was the name of the place in Ohio again? It was just near Dayton, AW. Uh, Was it Troy? It might have been Troy. I think Where? it was Troy, Ohio. Um, yeah, you're at Troy, Ohio, just 20 miles from Dayton, Ohio. So yeah. that is Saturday, March 18th. And John Moxley is obviously the headline name on that show. He's top of the poster. He's advertised that same day in Dublin for OTT's Scrapper Mania. Troy. Oh, is he? Oh, dear. He is advertised for the Friday, March seventeenth, show in Wolverhampton with OTT, and he's advertised for the eighteenth of March, show in Dublin with OTT. And I did a bit of digging, and now Moxley was supposed to appear for OTT. It'd been announced before COVID. Okay. Once he got to AEW, he had announced it was announced he was going to be going over to OTT. Then COVID happened, so the shows obviously didn't go on. So this is him sort of making up for, like he wants to honour that deal, which is very respectable of him to do it because, you know, a lot of wrestlers two and a half, three years later might not, you know, stick to deals that they'd made two, two or three years before. Sure. Um, but it's this weird thing of OTT, he's in He's he's in, He's in. in all the advertising, they're promoting it, AEW are promoting these, this house show, and nobody seems to be sort of saying anything. Um, and O T T also were supposed to have Eddie Kingston be at that weekend, but he had to pull out just a personal issue, so he said he's gonna come back down the line. But just something to keep an eye on because at the moment, unless John Moxley has cloned himself, uh either you know, they're gonna to have to let let uh, they're gonna to have to let O T T down or AEW are gonna to have to put somebody on that house showing Moxley's replacement, so
0: you just need to make a statement, don't it? You, you yeah. just need to let people know because this is bad for everyone, isn't it? So I mean, if he's if he's if he's if Moxley is going to be wrestling on the AEW show, then that needs to be communicated to everyone, particularly the people who have either bought tickets or are thinking of buying tickets for these OTT shows, so they know that he's not going to be there. But they just need to clear this mess up. Just just let
1: the people know what he's doing on that weekend. Indeed, indeed. Um, well, listen. Let's talk about RAW. What a RAW! I mean, this. I mean, this WrestleMania season already just feels so much bigger than than even last year's WrestleMania season. I mean, in the last few years, it just feels like you know the Elimination Chamber card. As of right now, you know we're about to talk about RAW, but as of right now, we've got the women's chamber to determine who faces Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. We've got the men's chamber for the U.S. title. Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, Edge and Beth Phoenix against Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley, and the rumoured Becky Lynch, Lita, Trish Stratus match against Damage Control. I mean, that's all on the February pay-per-view thing. pretty
0: big. It's pretty big, isn't it? Stacked. Stacked. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, everyone wants a piece. And the action in Montreal, you know, that crown's going to be... Gonna be hot, and I think you know, everyone's like, "Well, I want to be on that show." You know, they're probably yes. all that. Oh, I want to. Can you can you get me seats as well? what I want <laughs> to want to come out and watch Sammy's battle with Roman. So and yeah, all just...
1: the Canadians don't get Edge, Trish? You know, they're all coming at the woodwork. Brett will be next. He would want oh. to make an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah,
0: but... yeah it, it was a hell of a role, wasn't it? I mean, really, I mean, just really like a fast flowing show, just never slowed down. And, I mean, even the Damien Priest versus Angelo Dawkins match was good. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I mean, Dawkins was always like the guy that no one was really talking about in the Street Profits, and this match here with Damien Priest, I, th- I thought it was it was very satisfying. I was really, really impressed. He clearly,
1: um, he he clearly sees that you know. I mean, he's not stupid. I'm sure Angelo Dawkins knows that people always talk about Montez Ford and how he's yeah. going to do it. So, you know, he's got, he's got to set himself up for what his future is going to be. So good to see that he's taking the bull by the horns now before, you know, because once that split happens, he needs to be ready to do, you know, if, if I were him, when they do do the split, I would go to Triple H and say, look, I think we should be on separate brands. Yeah. I think that's the first thing. Let, let's, let's have us both be in different brands, doing our own thing. You know, maybe even just have them kind of, like the new they did before, we said, you know, we're going our separate ways. But we're we're not not friends anymore, but we're just doing our own thing and let them move on and and do because if they're on the same brand, it just the 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 instinct is going to be there to do that whole partner versus partner feud.
0: Yeah, and and he just emphasises how much better one person is doing than the other. Yeah. Um. And uh, but and you know they communicated this here really in these elimination qualifiers like Damien Priest defeated Angelo Dawkins to qualify for the Elimination Chamber. Uh, that's obviously for Austin Theory's United States title. And uh, later on in the show, Montez Ford defeated Elias. So Montez Ford will be in the Chamber match, but Dawkins will not be. Uh, but Dawkins, you know, he, he gave a good account of himself here. Um, this was to me, his best singles match that I can recall. Um, certainly on the main roster. And, um, yeah,
1: hopefully, you know, hopefully he'll survive the split of the Street Profits, but we shall see. We shall see. Well, we opened the, we opened the Raw with uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix coming out. Uh, they were having a lot of fun together. Um, and they said, you know, their, Edge was saying Judgment Day is his fault. Um, he did make a good point, but he said, you know, all of Judgment Day are pretty much in a better position now than they were a year ago. And they are. All of them are in a better position. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're in a better position when they when they the edge. To be honest, but we'll you know, <laughs> instead
0: of
1: <to> that. Uh, <laughs> um, I say,
0: say, I mean, you were you know, you were the ball
1: and chain, mate. <laughs> the one who was
0: holding him back. He didn't say that, did he?
1: No, he, he omitted that part. Well, you know he, he couldn't go too long in this promo. I had to cut something. Um, and then, so anyway, so the the judgment they come out, and uh, Ria's not there, and uh, basically they they end up challenging. Uh, Rhea. Rhea's away doing a promotional thing, so Beth challenges them to a mixed tag, uh, uh, Elimination Chamber, Dom accepts on behalf of uh, Rhea, and then we end up having uh, the Judgment Day sort of outnumbering uh, Edge and uh, Beth, and then the Street Profits come out to help, and we get the great, great moment of Dominic Mysterio being chucked into the ring, and glam slammed as he yells Mammy out at the top of his voice. I mean... (laughs) Dominic Mysterio, could you imagine a year ago then? Even thinking that Dominic Mysterio could be half as effective as he is now. You just wouldn't, you wouldn't, you'd you'd laugh somebody at the shop.
2: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. For
1: me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am.
2: But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
0: Well, yeah, you would. And I've actually just been right about this guy after we started recording and we'll continue to do so. Uh, after this recording ends. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, he was really funny on on the promo before I have served hard time. I referred <laughs> to, his, uh, to Ray as his deadbeat dad. And did you notice that Dominic was booed louder than anyone else? Yes. I mean, I mean he was, I mean, he's so over as a heel. And he's just hilarious. He's this tough talking heel and then... You know, when the going gets tough, he's like, well, where's the door? Let me out of here. <laughs> I mean, he's just got like, you know, he's got this spine turns to jelly and then everyone beats him up. I mean, it's just classic heel stuff. And, um, yeah, re- yeah, really well done here by Dominic. And, you know, Edge, he's a funny, he's a strange guy, he's Edge. I mean, he's a baby face. Everything about him is so heelish. And it's fortunate that, you know, he's at this point in his career – And that he's got this pedigree and legendary status and what have you. Because if he was a few years younger, people would be booing him. Because he just does not, he's just not a likeable guy. He's just a natural heel. But fortunately, he is who he is and he is where he is in his career. That people will actually cheer him. Uh, So uh, I'm looking forward to the match. Um, You know, Edge and Beth Phoenix versus... Um, Finn, Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley, isn't
1: it? Yes, Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. And so Rhea Rhea. it should be and you know, even I was I was Of I, course I Damien again. Priest is in the Elimination Chamber match. He's in the chamber match. But I was um I was doing proofreading for the new issue of the magazine that's that goes to press this week. And he tell it, Greenberg had been at the the Rumble doing some sort of live on on the ground stuff, and um and he spoke to Dominic Mysterio a little bit at the press morning and because I because he wasn't really talking to him with a camera, and Dom was a bit more relaxed about having a conversation. And he said, and I mean, this will be kind of giving away something that he says, but it's fine. He basically says that Dom was saying the hardest thing he finds about all this is how shy he is in real life. So he's got to, you know, basically try and fight through that. And I think he's doing really well to, uh, to just. And I think Rhea Ripley's a big help to him as well because he's got someone to, to bounce off of all the time. Yeah, and. Um, and you know whoever came up with that seven hard times thing you know give them a raise cuz that just really it's so over the top and ridiculous that it that it works
0: oh yeah yeah absolutely and it and it and it's just it's just this oasis of material for everyone isn't it it's just like yeah. it just you know it's just you know the the announcers love it cuz they can just make all these ridiculous jokes The opponents uh, of Dominic love it as well because there's just so much material that they can use against him to make him look foolish and jokes they can make. And everyone, of course, is in on the joke. So, um, you know, we're all having a good time as we sort of enter this bizarre fantasy world, which is the mind of Dominic Mysterio, that he's this like, you know, like hardcore criminal. You know, (laughs) And, and obviously the Judgment Day are there, they're going along with it because... That's their role and quite how they keep straight faces, I do not know. Um, but it's funny you mentioned there that Rhea Ripley, it's good job she's been stationed at Dom's side to help him out in his uh, more difficult moments. So good job Finn Balor and Dominic were there. And uh, for Damien Priest,
1: because he forgot what the show was that's coming up. He said he was going to be entering money in there. And then But I mean, <laughs> to give Damien Priest credit, he did. I thought he recovered it fairly yeah. well. He did, you, yeah. kill you know i'm just so angry i'm confusing myself i yeah. can't get my words out um
0: well i mean in their
1: defense
0: i mean we obviously when we do this podcast it's all ad lib we're just making it up as we go along yeah but pretty much everyone on wwe tv not everyone but lots of people on wwe tv they're given a script and they've got to memorize it word for word so it must be very difficult you know, you've, also got,
1: you've also got to not really let the audience affect you, but also you've got to listen to them. Well, that's quite a hard... Cause, you know, we've all been in that situation where you, you've you got something that you're going to say and you've got it in your mind ready, and then you just you you maybe zone out for a second. It can happen. And, you know, maybe he just zoned out for a second because he was, you know, staring at the edge, going, God, that's the destiny for my hair one day. Um, <laughs> who knows what was going through his mind? <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah very good listen, listen there's a lot of stuff on Raw and obviously we've not got huge amounts of time so I'm going to give you some quick fire stuff to get your thoughts on before we talk about the big stuff in a bit more detail so just a couple of quick fire things give me your uh, sort of summary thoughts on them maximum male models being drafted to Raw what do you think of the move?
0: Yeah really, really like tons of fun and um, you know I'm, I'm so pleased that they I just hope they get a chance I mean having watched that is it is it? What's the video? Come is it making it? Is it making it maximum?
1: Yeah, making it maximum.
0: Yeah, I mean this is a long running series. If you haven't watched these videos, they're only about like ten minutes long, and they are so funny. I mean, they are. It's this is must watch material, and um, you know they have been so good in those all three of them. You know, you know Maxine as well. You've got to give her some credit as well because she she did really well in the in the one that just been on that we were talking about last week, um. Yeah i mean it depends what happens next of course doesn't it kenny i mean it's uh, i mean i like the act i think there's a lot they can do with them but they can't just be a joke they've got to have a little bit of credibility if they just if they lose to everyone then they'll be on main event you know f- first week after wrestlemania so they have to score some wins and have a little be allowed to have a little bit of credibility
1: Yes, um, they do. Uh, something else I wanted to ask you about was uh, Dexter Loomis defeated Baron Corbin, and afterwards, backstage, JBL dumped Baron Corbin, saying, You can't polish a turd. I tried. Um, are you devastated at this pairing splitting up?
0: <laughs> Not really. You are channel changing television, JBL told Baron Corbin. My Hall of Fame legacy has lost all credibility because of you. Uh, in Baron desperately, you know, it was like, you know, with a whimper. Oh, I could do better. JBL, JBL had had enough. He walked off, he quit, he's gone. So, yeah, I mean, they've tried with Corbyn, they've tried lots of different acts, lots of roles. None have really got over. I mean, Happy Corbyn, I think, was the closest he came to being over. Um, no one wants to see anyone lose the job, Kenny, but. Really what's left for Baron Corbin in WWE, I can't envisage anything.
1: He's had chance after chance after chance. And uh, yeah, I think it's like time's ticking. Um, yeah, I mean, him. there's a lot of people
0: who could be doing doing things far more entertaining and productive
1: in his spot. Uh, two more quickfire things to ask you about. Carmelo was the one to defeat Candice LeRae, Mishan and Piper Nevin to get the final spot in the Elimination Chamber match. What did you make of Carmella, the returning Carmella being the choice for the Chamber?
0: Yeah, it was. I thought this was a decent little match. I thought um, um, it was given time to develop. I thought there was some good near falls. I thought everyone shone. Um, and uh, afterwards, Piper Niven you know, was really angry and she had a little bit of TV time afterwards, which is good as well. I thought she might win, uh, but I guess Carmella had just returned, so they thought, well... You know, let's give her the gig in Elimination Chamber. But Yeah, I thought I thought everyone had a good night here, and and the audience, more importantly, um, were with them. You know, they enjoyed the match. So, um,
1: yeah, I thought I thought it was a success actually, Kenny, and I was not expecting that. Uh, and then Chelsea Green's new character, the Karen of Monday Night Raw. How do you feel about this gimmick? Uh,
0: well, I think it's a gimmick that she can do well. Uh, I think she's already, um, you know, he's into the role very comfortably. <laughs> I think Adam Pierce is one of the unsung heroes of, of Raw and WWE TV in general. I think he's a really good foil. I think he's somebody that, you know, doesn't, he's there. He's, he's the he's the guy that, you know, is made to look the fool on a regular basis. And I think he works very well with talent. So I thought Chelsea did well opposite Pierce and Pierce did as well, but didn't steal Chelsea's thunder. Kind of like almost like an old Lance Russell from the old days of Memphis where he'd work with the talent and make sure the talent shone at the end. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, the Karen character, I mean, it's not really a new phenomenon anymore, is it? The Karen. It feels like the sort of what, 18 months, two years behind the curve here. But I think it's something that Chelsea does well and she's getting TV time. I thought she did all right in the match against Asuka. I thought mm-hmm. the opening drop kick looked really good. And um, I mean, she wasn't gonna win, but I don't think it really mattered that she lost. Um, I mean, I know she was thrown out of the rumble. Was it five seconds? I think she lasted. I
2: think yeah. it's five
0: seconds. I think she she was thrown out, but it, in a sense it didn't matter that she was ejected so quickly because it's the character that's gonna carry her. Um so yeah, I think I think it's a pretty good start for her. Um She's we'll also very. She's
1: she's smart enough to to know that in WWE it's all about character. It's all about what mm-hmm. you can... you know. If she just became a woman in the women's division and wasn't really doing anything, it it, it, would, it would probably be a short shelf life for her because there's loads of women who just do nothing. You know, even last yeah. time, I remember she because she was the one who pitched the thing with Mickie James, right, to be a bit of her stalker. I'm sure this was the story when she was with WWE before. Couple of years ago,
0: uh, uh, well, I mean, she was she suffered the broken was it a broken arm or a broken wrist in like a first TV match I think it was, and that was it, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, but there was at one point when she was there where she had pitched doing a stalker angle with Mickey James. You know, so she's someone who's 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 creative and thinks creative. So I think that that's going to probably give her the best chance at succeeding because even though this Karen thing might not be the thing that sticks with her or is their long term. If it gets her over in the fans' eyes, then you know that's that's half the that's battle. A, that's all it that matters,
0: isn't it? And that's yeah. more than half the battle. That's three quarters of the battle. Um, I think what will happen is she'll have, she'll establish herself with this character, and then I think Matt Cardona will come in as her husband, and I think together, I think those two may do some 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 interesting things. I think they. I think Cardona will probably be watching, thinking, right, okay. Are they going to give her a chance this time? And they, you can see they already have. And I think she's already getting over. And I think this character will work. And I think adding Matt Cardona in a new, under the new name, not Zack Ryder, with this different character, I think that will be very good for both of them. That's my prediction.
1: Uh, well, let's talk about the three big things before we go. Brock Lesnar came out on Raw. We we even got a a brief allu- allusion to Sable uh during the promo, but he basically um is demanding a match with uh, Bobby Lashley at Elimination Chamber. Lashley comes out, they go to a contract sign next week and uh Bobby Lashley gets F fived into Oblivion again a couple of times. Um I guess my two questions are what did you make of the segment and is this leading to them also having a match at WrestleMania or do you think this is it's wrapped up at the chamber? And where do you think this is all going with Brock Lesnar? What's the F Martin prediction? I was so relieved when Lesnar announced
0: that he had a contract for a match at Elimination Chamber, not WrestleMania. No, Elimination Chamber will be the final match, for sure. So I thought Lesnar was really funny here. Uh, was, did a lot of mic work. Um, it sounded like he was really putting on like a... Um, and like deliberately putting on a redneck accent, didn't it? Like he was doing <laughs> it on purpose. which was Which was, I don't know, maybe it was... And well, we he, he were in all that. Well, Orlando—I mean, Orlando's in the south—but the, the accent kind of felt like it was a different accent to the one he normally uses. I'm not quite sure why that was. Maybe it was just my imagination. But he talked for a long time, and he was really funny. Um, and he finally called out last year. Was like Lesnar's there, wearing double denim. He's got his cowboy hat on with a feather in it. I mean, you know, custom, the customization. I mean. <laughs> he jazzed up that outfit didn't he you know he accessorized it for tv with a feather um so he called out lashley and he was just like what a contrast and it's wow you know lashley's there wearing like he's got his expensive watch on his expensive glasses you know i have no idea how much his suits cost i don't even want to think about how how expensive his suits are but he looked like a million bucks and he came out and he was really funny as well and um Lashley said, "You know, I I beat you, uh, I beat you in our first match. I left you laying after our second match. Uh, I threw you out of the ring at the Royal Rumble. You know, so I'll I'll give you my answer on whether or not I'm going to accept this match on my own time. He firstly had to, you know, run it by his manager and his agent and his lawyer and his gardener and his motor mechanic and everyone else <laughs> before he would give Lesnar his answer. And then he walked off. I mean." Like Lesnar, you don't talk to Lesnar like that. So Lesnar grabbed him, hit him with the F five, Fans said one more time, and Lesnar delivered. You know, you ask, I shall deliver. So then he rocked uh, Lashley with a second F five and walked off. So yeah, and it was yeah, re- it was really funny. Yeah, really, really well done. And it you know it looked like after his glasses came off, it looked like Lashley's uh, sunglasses survived the two F fives, which I thought was you know pretty pinpoint accuracy there by Lesnar not to break
1: Lashley's glasses. Also, can I get the name of where you got those glasses? Because usually math sunglasses fall off at Augusta Wind. Never <laughs> mind an F5. Um Yeah, really, yeah. really good stuff. Oh. I'm really hoping that it... I mean, it would be very... I, I can't really imagine how they would do a short match at Chamber to then lead to a Mania match. Um, no. But then also, not, no, there's no way. I mean... I don't know it's going to be
0: Lesnar Gunther, but I think it will be.
1: There was a story, WrestleVotes tweeted out last week, that one of the internal pitches and plans is a three-way at WrestleMania with Gunther, Sheamus and Drew, which I think would be good for Sheamus and Drew because they'd be in a, a good match. But for Gunther, obviously, Brock would be a way bigger match. And if it's not Gunther, then I don't really know who else it would be for Brock at this point. So... But you yeah, yeah. I mean, weeks. well, well, they kind of set it up at the rumble, didn't they, with that square off? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we will know in two weeks' time. Sure. As soon as as soon as, as, soon as the Chamber's over, and we've had the post chamber raw. We're going to have an idea of everyone's going. There's just no way that we will Um, you know, usually, usually I try and kind of summarize the segments before I throw them over to you to say what you think. But with this one, I'm just going to ask you, Cody Rhodes and Paul Heyman, with just an absolute classic promo. Uh, talk me through your thoughts on it all.
0: Yeah, I mean, Heyman, uh, you know, was talking about, um, Heyman was, you know, talk, they were all talking, they were both talking about Dusty Rhodes, weren't they? And um, Cody said that in two, the year 2000, when Heyman was running ECW, the the family was struggling financially. And Cody really appreciated the fact that Heyman invited Dusty to appear on ECW's show in an angle with Steve Carino. And that led to a, I think that led to a match living dangerously. Cody made uh, 2000 Cody made, uh, sorry, Dusty made quite a few appearances, appearances for ECW that year. So Cody expressed his gratitude to Heyman for, you know, basically restoring Dusty's self-esteem, which had fallen so far because they'd run out of money and giving him a gig in wrestling and paying him and letting him be Dusty Rhodes again. Um, so, I mean, you know, that was that was unexpected that Cody would be saying these nice things about Paul Heyman because very few people do say nice things about Paul Heyman, especially when it comes to that period of ECW's history. The, um, so the, idea,
1: would, the idea that in the year 2000, somebody would say you paid him well to Paul Heyman. Yeah is uh, is wild. That's it. I mean, I'm not sure if that's true or not. Hopefully it was.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Heyman <laughs> did pay just apparently. Um, and then then they sort of moved on to Roman Reigns and Heyman said that, you know, Dusty had trained and prepped Reigns for stardom, uh, but didn't do the... Si- Sorry, Heyman said that Dusty had prepped Roman Reigns for stardom, but didn't do the same for Cody. And then he theorized that maybe that was because Dusty wanted Cody to make it on his own. So there was, you know, it didn't really get that hostile, did it? It was actually really quite pleasant and amiable. You know, it was like two old pals together, you (laughs) know, putting each other over for at least for a time. And then we got to the, the big comment, the big Killer blow from Heyman. And he said to Cody, in my last conversation with your dad, he told me, he told me you, Cody, were his favorite son, but Roman Reigns was the son he always wanted. Oh, it was like a dagger to the heart, Kenny. I mean, that was brutal, vicious. And like Cody almost lost his cool at that moment. He grabbed Heyman and said to him that Heyman's boy, Roman Reigns, would pay for that insult and the cost would be uh, both titles at WrestleMania. So, yeah, Cody almost, crap, we haven't seen Cody really lose his cool yet, have we, in WWE? He's managed to maintain his composure
1: um, against... that, That comment would do it, though. That comment would, you know... Because obviously, if you don't react to that comment, you seem like you're a bit cold hearted. So I thought like he played that balance really well, of kind of almost letting it break him. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing, the thing to me that was the most impressive about this segment was that obviously, Sami Zayn is the number one hottest babyface in the company right now, and Cody's probably number two. Yeah. Um, Bray Wyatt is not in the top two, contrary <laughs> to popular belief. But um, I don't is- think Bray Wyatt's in the top ten. No, he's well. Um, so, so Cody's number two, Sammy's number one, and I think obviously they they know that Sami Zayn is super popular, and they wanted to do something here to kind of have the Cody Cody storyline move forward. But I think the way they did it was so clever because you know Cody references Sammy when people are chatting Sammy Zayn; they're not shying away from it. But also, I think the thing that's hopefully going to stand them in good stead is that. Cody's not a part-timer coming back to take a spot from somebody. He's someone who is an overstar in the roster. He's there every week. You know, this past weekend he did the house shows in Pensacola, Florida and Duluth, Georgia. And those two shows were selling okay. And once he was announced, they're like the best sole house shows in those arenas that they've done ever. So okay, well. he, he he's a draw in, a, in an era we don't really have draws anymore. But um, but also, the key is that with Daniel Bryan, which is the obvious comparison from before, their plans for Daniel Bryan, had he not been the main event, were kind of nothing, right? Because it was Daniel Bryan and Sheamus was the plan, and that was kind of just this mid-card nothing. Whereas yeah. With Sammy, when this Elimination Chamber thing plays out, what we do have is the the, the joy of Kevin Owens hopefully coming to Sammy's rescue, the joy of Kevin and Sammy hopefully dethroning the Usos and becoming the tag champs. So even though Sammy might not be in that top spot, I think because he's still going to be heavily featured and he's going to get a big spot at WrestleMania, I think that this one has a lot more of a chance of them being able to serve the two masters of what the fans want and what they want out of this Cody storyline. So I think they they're balancing it all really, really well.
0: Yeah, I mean it's I mean, it's kind of amazing how well it has been assembled by WWE. And and I don't I think it's so solid, I think everything you said will come true. And you're right. We can already picture, can't we, Kevin Owens running in after the match at Elimination Chamber to save Sammy from the beatdown by the bloodline, you know, and then Kevin will be there and Sammy and Kevin will do this sort of like reunion and this big hug. And I told you, Kenny, there's gonna be tears. And, <laughs> and I think that really will be a very touching end to Uh, the Elimination Chamber event. Um, And it's going to, as you said, it's going to set up that Sammy and Kevin versus Jimmy and Jim match at WrestleMania. But it is, it is, I think it's because we all know what's coming that we're not resenting Cody because no one's talking about Sammy versus Cody at WrestleMania, are they? No. Because we know that Sammy's not going to win and that doesn't matter because we know that Roman is the big, big star here. And that Sammy, it's his job to put him over. We think Cody's going to end Roman Reigns' reign at WrestleMania. I think he will do. Um, And that feels like a huge match in a WrestleMania caliber match. And for Sammy to defeat Roman Reigns, I mean, okay, would draw a huge ovation on the night. But then what does he do next if he were to become a champion? I mean, just wouldn't really fit the narrative that they've told. The narrative they've told is that it's gonna be Kevin and Sammy versus Jimmy and Jay for the tag belts at WrestleMania. And that is Sammy's match to win. Not the match against Roman and Elimination Chamber.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And it's it's funny because um yeah, it's like, I do think there's a big part of, of it that is that Cody is not this part timer that's coming back because that was yeah, always yeah. a big Absolutely. bone of contention. Because I it was only when you'd written it in I, I can't remember if you wrote it in Inside the Ropes magazine or you wrote it at Power Slam or you talked about it on a podcast, but I always remember you talking about how 2011 was the beginning of the part timer era, yeah. And, and even though I could, I didn't really put it together that oh, yeah, that's that's exactly when it all kind of went hits up really and everybody yeah, you have somebody who would be champion in November December and you'd be like well they're not going to be champion at Wrestlemania because somebody whether it's Triple H or Undertaker or Brock Lesnar or uh, The Rock somebody's going to come back to take their spot so it's nice to see that now even if you're not getting the number one fan favourite to be the top guy at least it's the number two fan favourite that is really over and that is there every week that's going to be getting the spot instead
0: yeah, I mean that—that that probably is part of it. It's something that's that we, we we don't really think about too deeply because we don't have to think about it because that person's there. I mean, we know Roman Reigns, in a sense, is a part timer, but he appears on TV so often that we don't really think about him as a part timer.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, and and I mean, and the other thing, you know, because you mentioned about how well WWE are kind of present at all, and how what was the you you used a good word about how. Balance. I can't remember what the word you used, but you, you were talking about how they're doing a good job of having this all sort of at the level that it's at. But I it's think it's kind one of it all intersecting, isn't it? It's all in lockstep. I think maybe yeah, it yeah. And I think one of the main reasons is obviously I don't think that this would be anywhere near as good as it is if Vince McMahon was in charge, and that's not hyperbole. But he just was never, or in the last few years, has not been very good at kind of that slow pace storyline for multiple things he would be known to change his mind and do things so i think that's that's an element of it as well yeah
0: i think you're right and also i mean vince would often he would just want to concentrate on one thing and at the moment we've got lots of stories that overlap and that you know mesh and um just really support other stories and promote other stories so, I mean, you know, you've got this uh, and it's rather a complicated thing that they've got, you know, got, got going on at the moment with the Reigns, Sammy and Cody thing. And it all has worked. And they must have been thinking, oh, no, because if it'd been someone other than Cody and someone that the audience didn't really respect and didn't really think deserved it. And I think people I think people are ready to accept Cody as double champ. I think they look at him and think, yes, he's the one who should be Roman. Now, if he if they'd chosen someone else to win the Rumble, I think they would have had a lot of problems because there would have been this massive groundswell of support for Sammy. And fans, I think, would have then taken it out on the Rumble winner and like, oh, it should have been Sammy who won the Rumble. It should be Sammy who's facing Roman. It should be Sammy who's the one to dethrone him. And they've just written these stories so well that there, as every great booker should, They're almost, they're they're guiding us and they're telling us how to think, but we don't, but they're doing it in a very subtle way where we're actually forming our own opinions, or we, at least we think we are, even though we're actually being guided to think a certain way, because that's what a good book is supposed to do. It's very subtly, they're leading you in a direction, but they want you to think that you are not being led and that you are making your own choices. We are being led here by WWE, but they're doing it so tactfully, so masterfully and so
1: subtly that we don't realise it. That's the sign of a good booker. Indeed. Indeed. Well, listen, we will be here with everything that keeps unfolding in front of our eyes. We'll be back on Thursday with Power Slam and uh, we'll see what the news brings to us then, then. Yes, uh, yeah, so please do uh, check out InsideTheRotesMagazine.com where you can uh, check out all of our uh, copies of the magazine. Uh, I don't think the pre-order is up for the next issue just yet, but if you keep an eye out, that will be coming oh, it is up. Oh, it is up. Sorry, the Roads to WrestleMania issue issue 30 is available for pre-order right now, um, which will be in stores on... Oh, God. Two not... weeks on Thursday, I think it'll be, Two won't it? will be will 2 weeks on Thursday. Yes, that's correct. But you, if you subscribe... And you can do that in a rolling monthly subscription, so you can cancel anytime. time. Um, it tends to arrive a couple of days before, or a day before. So, um, And then it is released on February 23rd, if you do want to go and grab it in the shops. Um, but yeah, we work, work really hard on it. There's lots of stuff in there. There's Finn's Royal Rumble Review in there. Uh, I spoke to Ken Shamrock, that's in there. Brian Solomon uh, tries to in a cohesive man and does very well actually, not, not tries, since like I'm degrading it, but he make makes sense of the Vince McMahon saga the comeback, and the <laughs> board and the harassment and all the, the stuff, and how in some ways, this was probably always going to be the result that he was going to be back, so it's very interesting to, you know, he worked at WWE for, at the magazine for years so he's got some intel there that's really interesting, got the obituary to Jay Briscoe um, your know, Finn's written a little bit about Dominic Mysterio as well. Loads of stuff in there. I think that if you if if you check it out, you'll be supr- pleasantly surprised at how much content is in there each month. So
0: definitely we've got we've got a little obituary of Lanny Poffo. We've got a review of *Vengeance Day*, which took place this past Saturday. We haven't talked about that on the podcast. So Probably I would... on
1: Thursday actually. We'll, we'll get that mentioned Thursday.
0: So we do, so I've reviewed that in the magazine. So um yeah, plenty of stuff in there. And um I feel tempted to talk about what's coming up. But I'm gonna all I'll say is there's something coming up, folks. And if it comes off, you're gonna you're (laughs) gonna be pretty excited. But uh let's just leave it at that and I'll be able to reveal all
1: fairly soon. Yes. Um and if I sound excited, everybody, you know it's you know it's something good because I mean this yeah. anyway. Um, and also, I just want to give a big thanks to everyone on Patreon who subscribed this past month. Um, we did a little bit better last month, which usually which in January is is wild. So I really do appreciate everyone who resubscribed or subscribed for the first time to Patreon. There's pretty much content getting out every day. Uh, just a very quick rundown of what, what you get. Sondra and I do a weekly AEW review. Um, Finn and I do a Power Slam overrun uh, what, This podcast What's Going Down and Power Slam are both available And they're ad free um, Finn joins Sondra and I for the retro pay-per-view Reviews every month where we review the WWE pay-per-view from 20 years ago So we just did the Royal Rumble, we'll be doing No Way Out In a couple of weeks with Hogan Rock 2 Which has just been announced um, And Sondra and I do Retro Raw Smackdown reviews for every week For the weekly TV show So Sondra is watching all this for the first time I'm revisiting it um Ollie and KJ did a pod of Thunder where they uh, they'd come to me a couple of years ago and said they wanted to review Thunder and I'm making them stick to their agreement. Um and um <laughs> It I was mean, their choice, like, not mine.
0: It's still going on. I mean like each episode of Thunder is just in just never ending. It just feels <laughs> like the pod of Thunder has been never ended as well. <laughs>
1: I I, I've never.
0: Mean. I don't think I've. I have recorded with the, with those guys at least twice. I should really sit on sit in on one of these episodes at some point. Shouldn't? Yeah, I? Just... <laughs>
1: maybe maybe you pick the one in two thousand where David Arquette becomes the champ.
2: Maybe
1: oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, so, but, you know, there's, there's content out all the time. Whenever there's a, a day where there's nothing else going up, I chuck up a classic Inside the Ropes from Robert and I. Sometimes Robert comes back and we do an original recipe podcast because we started Inside the Ropes together back in 2012. So, yeah, there's loads of stuff up there, and uh, I hope that you guys will check it out because it's, uh, it's what keeps the lights on of us doing these podcasts, and we do really appreciate everybody who pledges to us. So
0: Yeah, we certainly do. I, I, I pledge every month to a, a guitar guy. He does puts loads of stuff up there, and I think it's great. And I'm really pleased to support him. It's not that much money, and I just feel like you know I'm doing my bit to to help his business and to keep him producing these really good like tabs and video lessons. And um, you know it's 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 a really good thing. So we absolutely appreciate everyone who supports us here.
1: Yeah, and I, and I will say you know not to not not to to beg for the support, but you know sometimes you get say oh I don't know if I'd get to listen to everything, but you'd get to listen to some. You know support is always great to keep independent content creators going so um yeah we do appreciate everybody who is able to do it um and yeah we hope to see some of you back at some point if you used to be a pleasure so um we'll be back on thursday on patreon for power ad free and then it'll be on the main feed on friday and uh, yeah we hope you enjoy your week everybody and we'll talk to you soon